we'll do chapter 36 from guru charitra it's called achara dharma this chapter describes the plight of the brahmin woman who went to paranna bhojana gurunath explains to the brahmin woman and her husband some of the vedic injunction namdarak was all raptures and joy listening to the glorious narrative of guru leelas from the lip of siddhamuni he said he was at a loss to know how he could express his gratitude to siddhamuni who had come to him like the rising sun dispelling his ignorance and filling him with the light of wisdom he said that his thirst and yearning to hear more and more of the guru's leelas was insatiably increasing siddhamuni pleased with the yearning of namdharak continued his narrative gangapur has become a great center of pilgrimage because of sri narsimha saraswati stay there and his association with the place thousands of people from different parts of the country started pouring in daily seeking gurunath's darshan and blessing and for redress of their afflictions of the body mind and spirit through his divine grace in gangapur at that time there lived a brahmin who was very devout he never accepted gifts from any he used to go to the samardhana where cooked food that is paranna was fed he used to maintain himself and his family on dry arms that is cereals offered to him his wife had a bad temper she used to tell him every day that he should accept paranna which would relieve their troubles to a great a large extent it is basically when you go for this kind of big feasts and all you you also get certain things packed and all that and you can carry it with you and in, uh, in most of the household they also feed everybody who comes along with you if you remember in the sai satcharitra there is a person who goes to boysar in uh, in palghar district and he goes to the house of this particular mamladdar along with two children and all three are fed over there that is how baba tells him that i had come to your house so that is how it happens that anybody who goes along with them is or also fed so that is what his wife was saying that you should do something like that every day many people used to come to gangapur and perform samardhana at samardhana couples are invited for the bhojan at samardhana sumptuous feast is given with several preparations and delicacies the brahmin's wife felt that her husband's obstinacy was depriving them of proper and even minimal food when it was plenty around but the husband was never in an agreeable mood to their going to samardhana feast once the woman went to sri narsimha saraswati and requested him to tell her husband to change his mind and to accept invitation to the samardhana bhojan to this gurunath agreed and prevailed upon the brahmin to comply with the wishes of his wife once at least how could anyone disobey gurunath's command when the brahmin and his wife went to samardhana feast a strange thing happened the woman had an obnoxious vision of dogs and swines hovering around her plate of food and she felt a revulsion and nausea to partake of the food though it was lavishly served and was rich with many delicacies she got up from her seat and asked her husband also to leave from where there at once and to come out along with her she along with her husband came to sri narsimha saraswati and told him about the repulsive and the nauseating vision which she had at the samardhana gathering sri narsimha saraswati said that it was very much wrong on her part to have forced her husband through him that is narsimha saraswati to change his principle and observances the woman prayed to gurunath and also her husband that she should be forgiven for what she had done the brahmin was feeling very sorry for having broken his rule gurunath told him that he was not to worry about it in any longer no sin would touch him on that account because he did not go there on his own volition and that in exceptional cases brahmins can accept paranna from others house the brahmin prayed to gurunath to enlighten him in which house one can take food and in which house it should be avoided gurunath explained about this in detail as under now what happens in most of the uh, you know such kind of gatherings you will find that many a times 
some people those who are very much spiritually inclined they have certain rules regulations they have do's and don'ts what they do is they will go to certain houses they may not go to certain houses they may eat at some place they may not eat at some place they have certain restrictions they will eat only this kind of food or that kind of food or they may not even eat at all so these are certain things which they go by it is their own you know uh, rules and regulation or the agenda that they have created for themselves many a times you will find that some people have this habit that after sunset they will not eat so if if you go and force those people to eat something that may go against their vein as well so we have to avoid such kind of things sometimes people those who say that i don't want to eat non vegetarian so you should never force them to eat non vegetarian these are basic that do's and don'ts in the spiritual world that we need not force anybody to do anything now when this wife over here is insisting that her husband goes and eats in somebody else's house forcing the guru to give certain amount of direction to him which is not an accepted fact because the guru is doing it under pressure and something wrong is definitely going to happen so it is always better not to get into these kind of things see what happens is the guru is not at all going to interfere in certain people's thought processes or what we call as a spiritual thinking because they have those kind of you know rules for eating or drinking or something like that so if you say that you go to the guru and say you know okay this person is not eating non vegetarian so should we give him non veg at point in time we need to avoid avoid okay. so at such point in time we need to avoid that kind of a thing so avoiding that we have we should not force that person never force that person at all so now let us see what the story goes there are many dis- disciplines regarding acceptance of food one can take food in guru's house without any hesitation and also in the maternal uncle's house or in the father in law's house or in the house of brothers or in the house of pious people if there are no brahmin priests available at that time of shraddha ceremony one can attend and take food but on the next day he should do the gayatri japa anyway food is most holy it should be taken in the house of the pious and the satvik people and after taking god's name home of the evil minded people are to be avoided food is not to be accepted from greedy people those who are greedy we should never accept food from those people's houses people who are not doing their duty to the family those who are not you know good with their family you will find that some people fight and then they go away somewhere such point in time you need to avoid them people who are proud and egoistic people who indulge in self praise and talking ill of others people who are ill tempered people who are immoral conduct people who are addicted to drinking wine and other intoxicating drinks people who delight in harming others people who regularly live on paranna only accept etc if we accept food from such people their sins will affect us with the food we take the gunas flows into us the food should promote sattva guna that is a pure cool and enlightened temperament in us actually today i was uh, i have completed 3/4 of my I, i had written a blog on unknown on this food itself i got a message yesterday that i should write something on satvik food now there is a very strange case which i have mentioned in that the case is where the person is not in a position to eat and drink now at such point in time there are certain restrictions okay now it uh, actually in my case also what happened was i could not take food after a certain hour so i was told to have a sort of a drink which is basically i mix it with some milk or something and have it is called a meal replacement 
it's it's a it's a particular thing which is a replacement for a meal it contains all the nutrients supposedly so the question that was can a person go in for that kind of a thing see in olden times there was ayurveda yesterday also i was discussing with somebody there was ayurveda people could wait for ages because there was no surgery the way we look at it or uh, no allopathic medicine there was no research done so ayurveda and all those ancient techniques were used if you go through these tibetan uh, you know tibetans uh, medicinal this thing you will come across things which you would not even like chinese medicine also has these kind of peculiarities so these are ancient forms of medicine today in today's day and age we cannot but what happens is you have an allopathic doctor he gives you certain medicine in two days you are okay then you are ready to go to work but the same thing if we try in terms of one of the ancient medicinal techniques that may take over two weeks three weeks four weeks maybe a month or two months or 10 months i don't know we do not have so much time in the world if there are surgeries that can be done in today's day and age we need to accept them some per- some person came and asked said to me then god has given us this you know this ancient techniques of ayurveda and all why should we not follow them if we are satvik in nature we should follow so i told them very simply this i said if god has given ayurveda they has he has given allopathic treatment also so you think somebody else gave that treatment no i am sorry the lord himself has created allopathy the lord himself has created all kinds of new foods that are available so you will find that there are korean foods okay we eat korean food we eat mexican food and there are so many things you know like tacos and things like that i mean nobody had heard of these kind of things in india today but everybody goes for it burritos or god knows what or <laughs> i for me those are strange sounding words but they are there and uh, people today eat those kind of things does it mean that we are supposed to not go in for that not necessarily you know we if if the world today is moving towards a certain type of food it is going with an express sanction of the lord the satvik rajasik and tamasik food that we are talking about is very simply this the food is fresh it is edible then it is satvik fresh and edible is satvik second type of food is that which intoxicates you or that which increases the you know that flame inside of you basically tikha you know tikha very very pungent food or that which increases your rajasik guna so those are rajasik food and tamasik food are those food which will put you to sleep yes i you can say you know that i eat too much then i go to sleep that is also tamasik in nature doesn't mean that if if tomorrow you get some halwa or something and you keep on eating 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 and you are going to go to sleep of course you are going to go to sleep you will say i am eating satvik food and yet i am going to sleep that is happening because you are eating too much no everything has to be done in moderation yeah ponger <laughs> i can imagine that so here everything is to be done in moderation not too much just because you like rasam and sambar and all that keep on drinking eating no 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 so everything has to be done in moderation fresh succulent food which is made right then or there that is worth it because that would be called as satvik something that is giving you a feeling of 
you know, Josh, like, I want to do this, I want to do that. Too much of energy type, okay, which is, you know, like tikha food, how much of loncha and all that, you know, the pickles and all that. <laughs> Those kind of foods are definitely, you know, rajasik in nature. And tamasic foods are those which are very, very stale, which cannot be eaten, which are very pungent and extremely, they'll put you to sleep and all those kind of foods. So today's day and age, this can be the simplest principles that you could use. In the same way, adapting to the modern technology, we may not go in for foods at all, we may go for, you know, food replacement. Like you, you eat a pill, okay. <laughs> that is also allowed. When you are in the hospital and you have nothing else to do, they are sticking needles all over your place, you have no choices. So it doesn't mean that you have to follow some very, very strict, you know, things. Okay, it is written. So I was asked this question. It is written in the Bhagavad Gita and why are you saying that we should not eat <laughs> that kind of food? You have to adapt to today's day and age. Because in the Bhagavad Gita, it was also written that, you know, women are to be considered equal to Shudra. Doesn't mean that you are supposed to treat them like that. Come on, that is not the right way of looking at it. Today's day and age, if you consider them to be Shudra, you will be worse than a Shudra. You may be a dog. That means all the men will be below that, at dogs and creatures like that. So we cannot do comparison like that. Okay? But these are very simple things which he has mentioned. We ourselves have to omit houses like those who are evil-minded, those who are those who speak very ill. These are the basic rules that have been mentioned over here. We need to understand them and take them accordingly. And especially understand this. This is a very, very important thing which I tell people. You have been given a fabulous mind. Everybody has been given a fantastic mind. The mind has been given to rise higher. But we human beings love to go down as fast as we can. So that is what you need to avoid. So, you use your mind for rising higher, not for going down. So, always ensure that you are rising higher and higher on the spiritual path and not falling down on your path. The Brahmin requested Guru not to instruct him in the Archara Dharma, the code of conduct for Brahmins. Guru Nath said, the <coughs> uh, Guru Nath said that the Parashar Smriti laid down in great detail under the Achar Samhita, the code of conduct for the Brahmins, who are the spiritual custodians of the community and the society. The Achar Samhita is something like the Bhagavad Gita of the Brahmins. It is, so to say, like a fifth Veda. It lays down daily disciplines to be strictly observed by a Brahmin from dawn to dusk. The disciplines laid down are as under and whosoever meticulously observes them will attain everything and will never suffer from any want nor will ever be a subject of grief. Early morning prayers. The Brahmin should rise in the early serene hours of the morning, which is called the Brahma Murta, between 3.30 and 5. During which time, the Sattva quality will be present in the atmosphere. We have already done this, so, uh, I mean, I have already explained this thing, but we are just uh, going through this, so you get an idea. As soon as one rises from the bed, he should remember his Guru first and offer mentally his obeisance to him. He should then offer his obeisance to God and the deities, that is the three murtis, the sun god, the navagrahas, etc. And then to the sages, the pitra devtas and to the parents. He should not let the mind wander away. He will have to dwell his thoughts on guru and god only for some time at least. He is advised to first 
the darshan of the cow, that is the Gomata, before he does anything else. Achmana. After offering obeisance to the cow, he should gargle his mouth and then do Achmana by sipping in a little water. This is a purificatory uh, you know, methodology. Okay? Achmana is to be practiced many times during the day. If there is no water available for the Achmana, if he just touches the right ear, he is said to be sufficient. Touching the right ear. The right ear is said to be the seat of Agni, that is the fire god. Varuna, the god of sea and the air. Surya, Chandra and the other deities. Achmana is to be done at the time of taking food. And while retiring to bed also, Achmana is to be believed to endow longevity as well as good health. Achmana is to be done taking the Guru's and the God's name and chanting the appropriate mantras. Swadhyaya, Vedic chant or meditation. Till sunrise and before he goes out to the morning ablution, he will have to devote either to chanting of prayers, recitals of Vedic mantras or meditation. Now think about it. This is basically those who get up early in the morning. When you get up early in the morning, you are very, very fresh. I mean, um, now there are many people in this world who will look at their watch, they will close the alarm and they will go back to sleep. <laughs> there are some people smiling and laughing. You know the culprits. Okay. <laughs> so, no, that is not to be done. You have to simply... See, first and foremost, you will have to put alarm for a few days. After that, you will automatically get up. Your body is attuned towards it. Your body clock will automatically, 3.30, 4 o'clock, it will wake, make you rise. There are no two ways about it. It happens. So, don't worry about it. It happens. Then, what do you do? Take your Guru's and God's name and then start some prayers if you want or you know, you naturally you brush your teeth and all that. In today's day and age, you take brush and Colgate or something and brush your teeth. After that, you have to go and drink some water. This is so that you clean yourself up. This is basically for purification. So that whatever words that come out from your mouth are purified. It is for taking in the mantra or some sort of a meditation that you are doing. I know. You may say, you know, I have too many jobs to do. I don't have time for doing all these mantra and all that. Does not matter. You may be doing some work over there. Keep the job going on in your mind. Does not matter. I know today people are extremely busy. So, so no problem. We can continue with the job and continue doing your work as well. Does not matter. Morning ablutions. After dawn, one should attend to the call of nature. At that time, he should keep silent. He should then clean his mouth and teeth. The twigs or the trees which are to be used for cleaning the teeth are listed. After this, one should take his bath. It cleanses and refreshes the body and drives away laziness. It endows strength, longevity, intellectual brilliance, etc. It cleanses away the effect of bad dreams and also drives away poverty and all ills. Brahmacharis are to bathe in the mornings and all the householders both in the mornings and in the afternoon and the ascetics in the morning, in the afternoon as well as in the evening. That is three times during the day. Whatever water one can use would be using for bath, he should deem it to be as a water of the holy Ganga flowing down from the feet of Hari and which would endow both physical as well as mental and spiritual piety. Purity. When water is not available or when one is sick, one should recite the Apohista Mantra and do Marjana three times. This is called the Mantra Snana. I am sure, you know, in some of the movies you have seen, people take this kind of Snana. They, they clean their body up by means of, you know, special kind of, a, <laughs> you know, Mantra Jap. It is uh, even those who understand some sort of a 
Reiki and so on and so forth, those kind of techniques, you will find that they do cleansing, cleansing of the body. And the cleansing is done by means of mantra. It is nothing but projection in your mind. You basically extend your mind to that sphere and ensure that a certain thing is flowing on top of you as if you are believing that it is cleaning you. That way cleaning can be done. I know today we do not have the facility of doing those kind of things. But anyway. Alright. Then. This is called the Mantra Snana. During Vishnu Nam Sankirtan, it is called Manasik Snana. Taking darshan of the Guru or splinking the water after washing the feet of the parent is called Tirtha Snana. On the day of Ratas, Sraddhas and after the birth ceremony of the death ceremony in the family, on the 10th day of the pollution period, that is uh, when you, somebody is dead in the family, you know, that particular period, 13 days, 16 days and all those is basically called the pollution period. Pollution means something wrong has happened in the family, so you need to cleanse the place up and so on and so forth. That is why. Till you do the Shraddha ceremony. Hmm? So, that is there. <coughs> On auspicious occasions like marriage or other functions, cold water is prohibited. In flowing water or a river, one should face opposite the current and in tanks, etc., one should face towards east and then take the bath. If one takes oil baths on Sunday, it should lead to diseases. On Monday, it can lead to draining away of the energy. On Tuesday, it could lead to death. On Wednesday, it endows wealth, that is Lakshmi Prapti. So, Wednesday. Hmm. On Thursday and Friday, it could cause the impairment and danger of the health of children. That is Sanatan Nashtam. That is basically, they are saying that don't take oil baths on Sundays. Most of the people, they have Sunday holidays, so they will do that oil bath. That means you oil your hair and your body and all that. And later on, I mean, in the olden times, they never had shampoo, but they use something which is called Rita. I don't know whether you know about Rita. Rita is, you know, brown color things, which, which it, it has got a soponification type. Soponification, you understand? It's a soapy type of a feeling you get. With that, they could clean the body up. So, earlier they used to use that, nowadays nobody knows about Rita and all that. Okay, so people used to use that. Yeah, it's a soap nut, yes, soap nut powder. It has got this, that soapy feeling, you know, if you use it. So, and on Saturday it brings all auspiciousness, health and wealth. Housewives are not to take hair bath daily. Okay, that is if you have long hair. Now, if you have very short hair, then you can take your bath daily, it does not matter. <laughs> On the day when one has taken oil bath, he is not up to apply basma. On all other days and all other times, he should necessarily apply basma to his forehead. Gopi Chandan is to be applied by those devoted to the form of Hari. It is called Udhava Pudra. That is vertical marking. I, I, I met somebody with a vertical marking. And I asked him one simple question. I said, Aisa karte ho, aisa kya nahi karte? No, 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 I believe in Hari only. <laughs> so, you will find that they are very particular about the way they do things. They don't believe in the other forms. They believe in the Ishta that they have. Okay. And equally meritorious, like Bhasmadar Dharana, which is to be applied in horizontal lines. That is Tripundra. Whoever applies both Bhasma and Gopinjandan, he is equally dear to both Hari and Hara. Sandhya Vandana, that is Sandhya Vandana, is done with very early morning hours before the uh, star disappears in the sky is most ideal. Basically, if you recollect, I was telling you the timing during the morning and the night. That is the phase which is basically between night and day and day and night. That gap which is there is very, very important. 
what we call as a twilight zone twilight means there is neither the sun or nor the darkness you know though both the things are not there that is the time <coughs> the sandhya vandana done before sunrise and even before the stars have set is an intermediate merit that is madhyama the sandhya done after the sunrise is of the lowest merit that is adhama the uh, evening sandhya done before the sun has set is most meritorious that is uttama the sandhya done before after the sun has set but before the stars have appeared is of intermediate merit the sandhya done after the stars have appeared is of the lowest merit the afternoon sandhya also has to be done at the right time agra this is much significant behind the agra padan strike they are said to be 33 crore demons that is evil forces called mandehas like you have 33 crore gods you have 33 crore opposite forces every god has an opposite by the way okay like a lakshmi has an lakshmi saraswati has ignorance to her credit you know they are opposing forces who try to block the way of the sun the agraha pradhan done together with the chant of the gayatri mantra drives away or destroys the demons and helps to clear the way of the sun the sin caused by the destruction of the demons is absolved by the chant of the whatever brahma mantra doing the pradakshina all the three times of the day that is morning afternoon and evening the gayatri mantra has to be chanted chanted 108 times at least chanting is of a thousand times absolves from many of the ordinary sins chanting now chanting of the gayatri mantra basically we have the gayatri i think most of us know the gayatri mantra you can do that not that you can't do that but again like i said you know it is always better to do it inside of us rather than chanting it loudly because we may be working we may be going out here and there today's day and age because of bpo and tpo and all those things <laughs> everything has gone haywire yeah people sleep very late they get up very late the whole thing has been upset in ancient times there was no light people never used to go to uh, work during the night time but now today because we are living in an age which is slightly much different you know it's kali yuga so things have changed a lot chanting it 10 million times annihilates all the sins gayatri mantra is very essence of the vedic hymns 10 million times means is basically 1 crore times if you chant the gayatri mantra you have completed a puraschatra and once you have completed that that is when it is said that you have reached the state of self enlightenment said okay it is the most potent and the protecting mantra if any interruption comes for whatever reasons when doing the chanting the right ear has to be touched in case one is obliged to talk with anybody while doing the japa he will have to recite the tadvishto mantra which chanting has to be done silently and mentally see like i said to you you know we do not have to tell the whole world why i am doing this chanting there is no need do it in your mind only it is not necessary to do it outside because it disturbs every other person because there are some people who are not at all inclined towards the spiritual they feel completely out of sync with you so that is the reason why we need to avoid you know provoking people like that then apushan okay uh, we are here only na no? apushan and panchayagya after per- performing the sandhya vadana apushan has to be necessarily done brahma yagya or vaishvadev etc has to be done by the brahmin none of us are brahmins over here <laughs> so we are just reading it okay so there is no need for us to do brahmins are those people who are the knowers of brahma today nobody knows brahma brahma dev not brahma dev it is brahma brahma means the supreme divine knowledge 
that today brahmins do not exist in our material world we are basically very materially motivated people so in the kali yuga basic everybody is towards leaning towards tamasik guna rajasik and tamasik rajas is there now tamas will take over and entire tamas will come into the picture so we can't do much about it tarpan to please to appease and please the vasus rudras adityas devrishis pitrus tarpan has to be offered in deepavali three palm fulls of water oblation has to be offered to lord yama chitragupta etc to get rid of the troubles caused by the disease sins shani etc it will be avoid premature death and endo longevity on the krishna ashtami day in the month of mag tarpan is to be offered to bhishma thereby all the sins committed during the entire year will get absolved wearing of the sacred thread is obligatory for a brahmin one who discards and one does not wear the sacred thread loses his brahmin rights the thread is the sacred bond linking man to god it is a symbol of gayatri the eternal protector these disciplines are inviolable for a brahmin whosoever follows these injunctions and observes the disciplines will never suffer misery he will enjoy all yoga joys and happiness unfortunately in this kali yuga as brahmins have digressed away and have given up these disciplines they are suffering all sorts of troubles and untold misery brahmins must keep up their spiritual heritage they must keep up their dignity by the purity of their conduct then alone they are worthy to be called brahmins and can help the brahmanic culture to survive and dharma to be sustained in the world thus ends the 36 chapter of sri guru charitra describing the acharya dharma for the brahmins glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive guru na now uh, you definitely have a question i know it might have occurred to you where the destiny is fixed by doing all these kinds of activity it is mentioned that you are all these karmas are going to get destroyed uh, is it not mentioned over there it is very much mentioned everywhere that by doing these kind of activities all the karmas are going to go away then where is the question of destiny so there is something which is called accumulated destiny which is accumulated karma okay that is sanchit something which is called the current one which is what is happening as of now for the future purpose agami karma is happening isn't it but if you are to do something by means of which the karma is getting denuded is going away from it how is it possible i'll tell you the reason why if you recollect this chapter is for the brahmins alone it is not meant for people of today's day and age because brahmins do not seem to exist in the material world okay the brahmins are those who are basically satvik in guna their karma is very very limited in quantity so what happens the first yuga had all the brahmins in the world all right because there was no sin there was no karma associated during the first yuga second yuga the brahmins reduced so on and so forth so let us say for example if you take birth from an animal that is let us say now we are going in the reverse order okay if you are taking birth in an animal the the womb that you will get if you are if you are rising steadily the womb that you will get will be the lowest which is called the shudra basically the lowest kind of womb that is possible then you will keep on rising higher and higher and higher and the and the idea is to rise up to the level of the brahmins idea is to become a brahmanyani 
recollect the time when even Vishwamitra was told this thing. Vishwamitra was told very clearly, you are a Kshatriya, you are not allowed to get into the heavens because you are not allowed. You have to become a Brahmin. Then only you are in, you can be allowed into performing these yagyas and that yagyas and do this and do that. All the things associated with the Brahmins. So in that particular life, he has to leave his, yes, he has to leave his particular status which is the Kshatriya status and to become a Brahmin. Now this, all these things, vidis that are mentioned are for the Brahmins. They have very limited karmas in their name. So that the karma doesn't happen, they do all these kind of things which are called Achmanas, Agrayapadya and all those things. So that nothing gets accumulated in their world and they reach a state of enlightenment very soon. The idea is for that. It's a purificatory process. Yes, it removes all the all the dirt from them. That is the idea. Because as a human, you are going to be a karmic body. You are, you are having a karmic body. That is the reason why they have to do this kind of thing. So, I hope you all understood that this is not pertaining to any one of us because <laughs> with the, we are supposed to be having too many karmas in our, in our kitty. You know, we come with a load full a uh, bag full of karmas this time and in our next, yes, that will be maybe in Fort Knox full of it. No? Okay, so we'll do the next chapter. So we'll do chapter 37, Grahastha Dharma. That is those who are for the material worldly people, those who are Grahastha. Grahastha means all of us are Grahastha. Okay, there is no exception to the rule. So let us, let us try to understand what is being said over here. Grahastha Dharma. This chapter describes the religious duties incumbent of a grahastha. Those who are having a family, family people, family-ed people. Hmm. Alright. Huh. Okay. One meal a day makes a yogi. Two meal a day makes a bogi. Three meals a day makes a rogi. How many people have three meal a day? <laughs> so those who eat one meal a day, they are called a yogi. Two meals a day, they are called bhogi. Bhogi means those who enjoy material world. Enjoyment of the material world. We are not talking about the small uh, tiffin, okay? Over here. Because people below think, you know, the tiffin in the morning is a meal. Yeah, we call it three meals. In, in ancient times, people used to have actually three meals, okay? Now to, we have two meals only. <laughs> so, those who have two meals and then the, those who have three meals. The purity of one's mind depends on the purity of food he takes, not only through the mouth but also through the five senses that is eyes, nose, ears, limbs and the tongue. So food we accept not only through only one mouth, we are accepting food through all other sense organs as well. Shinarsima Saraswati was lighting up the minds of the people by giving instructions on the disciplines necessary for keeping up the spiritual flame. After soothing their body and the mind, he used to start giving spiritual instructions to put them on the Godward path and help them evolve spiritually, so that they would be relieved from the uh, forever from the afflictions of the birth and the death. In the previous chapter, Gurunath narrated to the Brahmin couple the Achara Vidis for the Brahmins. In this chapter, he described to them the Dev Puja Vidhi, which is about the daily worship and the Mahima. Siddhamuni continued the narrative to Namdhara. For Dev Puja, uh, this is everybody has a, a small shrine somewhere in the house. Shrine, a place where we keep our God. Okay. For Dev Puja, the shrine room should be kept clean. Rangoli should be done and the place should be decorated with flowers. 
The atmosphere should be filled with the fragrance of the incense stick, sandalwood and other perfume materials. The place should be specially congenial and soothing to the mind. It should make up an instant appeal to the mind and bring in devout and worshipful mood. The atmosphere should be such that the senses get sublimated, mind gets collected and calm and the spirit gets uplifted and elevated. Basically, we are talking in terms of purity over there. Today's day and age, again we do not have Chandanam and all that kind of thing. It is banned by government of India. Okay, So we do not get pure Chandan anywhere. If you get pure Chandan, it is also I think 300 rupees for some 50 grams or 5 grams or something. Very expensive. Yeah, 500. Raj is showing me 500. 500. <laughs> so it has become very, very expensive. Idea is to have a clean heart. Okay, It means have purified heart. When you go in, in your Devghar, basically when you are going for Puja, just be very pure about the whole thing. Seated on a clean, comfortable seat, one should take to the Puja. The worship has to be done three times a day, morning, afternoon, evening. Its full and elaborate worship is not possible for want of time or for any other reason. One should at least do the Shadopshara Puja. That is worship constituting the 16 types of service. This also is extremely tough. Okay, in the morning. Panchopchara Puja which is worship constituting five types of service. In the forenoon an offering of the camphor light that's Niranjan in the evening. Perform the worship this way. Actually during when I was very very small we used to do this uh, small worship. Not We never had the elaborate worship done. But in some families they used to do the elaborate worship as well. Having been born as a Brahmin if he does not do the worship daily he will be subject to the netherworld after death. There are six types of puja. Udak Narayan Puja, that is worshipping God in water, Agni Puja, God in fire, worshipping God in the sun, Aditya Puja, Manasik Puja, worshipping God mentally, Pratima Puja, that is worshipping God in the icons, that the small pictures that you have, Yagna Puja, that is worshipping God through performance of the yagya. The Manasik Puja is the highest form of worship. And this is what I always recommend, you don't have to do anything. Take the God's name in your heart, that's it, more than enough. Idol worship is relatively lower type to form of worship compared to Manasik Puja. But it also is the place of spiritual journey. Worship of the cow and the Brahmins visualizing them at God is also an accepted type of a Puja. The worship of Guru however pleases all the three murtis. In the Kali Yuga as men are not capable of cultivating and cherishing such exalted form of adoration towards the Guru or identifying the Guru with God, God has assumed the form of Shaligram stones and of Linga form stones which are found on the bank and the river bed of the Narmada and the Gandaki river. Worship of the Saligrama or the Linga absolves man from all sins. With Guru's Upatesh and worshipping the idol as per his instructions, God will respond even though idols and will fulfill all the desire of the worshippers. Basically, the Guru gives a very simple instruction. In today's day and age, again, it becomes extremely difficult for us to follow rites and rituals with the type of life that we are leading in Kali Yuga. So, very simple prayers is all that you can do. Today, I have instructed people, don't do anything elaborate because you will not be able to sustain it. Just light an agarbatti or something, it's more than enough. Or if you put one small diya, it's more than enough. It, that is all that you need to do. Sometimes I tell people, that if you are not in a position to do because you are working outside, maybe six days a week or five days a week, maybe once in a week, you take a particular day and do the puja. Alright. So, Guru's Upadesh, that means whatever the Upadesh, whatever the teachings that have been given, whatever the things that you have learnt, you can go over that. Regarding the worship of the idol, first one should seat himself before the shrine. 
should do the sankalpa and then the pranayama sankalpa means invoking the god in that particular place see we are sitting in front over there you may sit in front of a blank wall for all you know it does not matter invoke that god in front of you invocation we have to do that pranayama helps to quieten the mind and centralize the consciousness for concentration water has to be sprinkled over the material of worship this idol has to be then installed in the simhasana on the left side of the idol should be placed the conch and on the right should place the bell the flower and other material of worship on the previous day to be removed the light lamp has to be lit the worship has to be offered first to lord ganpati always begin the prayer by ganpati then the guru is to be remembered the worship to the shrine is to be done the titulary deity has to be visualized in the shrine of one's own heart and the same visualized form is then to be invoked and enshrined or to be identified with the idol place for worship this is prana pratishta that is imparting living reality or instilling life force prana pratishta is that where you you create that thing in your own mind create that image and you worship the image this is what is called you invoke it right inside of you okay this pran pratishtha imparting living reality or instilling life into the idol one should visualize the god himself has come and is standing in front of him bhavana with the true faith is the very essence of the idol worship then to the visualized form of god identified with the idol padya agra achmana madupark snan all these upcharas is to be done then chanting and prescribed mantra abhishek to be performed with milk and panchagavya panchagavya we today we don't have we do not have the urine of <laughs> the cow and all that with us yeah some some places they sell it no doubt about it but i anyway the idol has to be then dried with a clean cloth and placed back into the shrine the vastra gandha and the yagna pavita are to be offered and thereafter puja is to be done with flowers etc in material and article of fragrance and with akshatas etc while white flowers are ideal for worship colored flowers are not so sacred for worship Lotus is jasmines and some other such flowers are good. Ganpati is not to be worshipped with tulsi and Devi is not to be worshipped with garika, maredu that is bilva is dear for Shiva and tush tulsi for Vishnu. And this basically they like this kind of stuff, so you have to go go by that. You know, after the offering of the flowers, dhupa is to be offered during the puja. Appropriate mantra and prayers to be recited with full devotion. After the puja, naivedya is to be offered to the Lord, visualizing that God has accepted the food offered. The devotee's hand to be cleaned with water. Then tambula, that is beetle leaves, is to be offered. The puja will have to be conducted with arti offering, uh, offering mantra pushpa at the idol's feet, followed by pradakshina and sastang namaskar. The namaskar vidhi is also explained in detail how to offer namaskar to the idol, to the guru, to the elders, to parents, etc. The puja tirth is to be sprinkled on one's forehead, to be smeared in the eyes, and should be sipped by the mouth. The puja tirth is most purifying. It purifies the body, mind, and the spirit. After the day of puja and before taking food, we have to offer oblations to the panchayagnyas, that is, devayagnyas, drishiyagnyas, pritru, bhuta, and atiti. These yagnyas absolve man of the panchasuna sins, which everyone invariably commits while doing the daily chores. now remember those we have discussed about this you know when we are eating grains we are eating very tiny creatures which we don't know much about those are the things which we did in the sai satcharitra okay same thing is there from the food cooked a little portion has to be offered first to gods pitrus ancestors bhutas rishis atithis and only then one to take the food considering it is a yagneshesh that is the remnant portion of the yagya if a guest happens to arrive he should be welcome and fed atithi is to be deemed as god himself in the human form after the guest is fed only the grahastha has to take the food this is an extremely important step that we should never forget 
when if you are cooking in your own house you should be the last person to eat it you should offer it to every other person that is there including the servants including everybody in the house has to be offered first all right after the guest is fed only the grahastha has to take his food when an atithi or a brahmachari comes for bhiksha he should be offered bhiksha instantly even if vaishvadev and naivedya has been performed yet if the atithi is pleased all gods and all pitradevs will be pleased one morsel of food given to them brings mountain size merits and one tumbler of water offered to them brings an ocean size merit one who does not offer food to atithis and eats by himself will be born as a dog or a donkey in the next life so now you know what your dog was so <laughs> strict silence is enjoined when taking food actually before taking food there are other obligations to be done and observed a circle with four cones that is mandala should be done with four uh, floor and the plate of food should be kept on the mandala a little food has to be kept aside on the right side of the floor as bali in the name of chitragupta and thereafter one should only eat the food one should visualize that god seated inside him is eating the food and that the food is also the Brahm- brahman himself pranahuti and aposhana mantras are to be recited at the beginning and after the completion of taking the food at night while taking food lamp should be lit and one should not eat the food in the dark moderation in food is also enjoined moderation is very much necessary in food this is what i was telling you don't eat too much eat it in moderation okay just because you are getting nice food doesn't mean that you are supposed to gulp it down eat it very very much in moderation how many mouthful one should take as per the day of the fortnight chandrayaan now this is something which is going to put you in trouble if you follow this vidhi okay chandrayaan prata is described a type of utensils and the place to be used for taking the food the metal from which they are to be made the shapes are also described in some detail there are also rules prescribed about drinking water washing hands washing eyes etc the auspicious sounds which one should hear the sounds which are inauspicious faces are auspicious to see and whose faces are not are also described one of the most uh, in, i mean if you were to follow this system you will stop eating food in crockery you know that because just just turn the crockery and see what is written over there it is written bone china <laughs> okay <laughs> so you you will never eat after that again see understand this it is it is something like even our sugar is made from the bones of animals okay they, they have to use by means of uh, you know it it's an oxidation or a reducing agent i don't know what so <laughs> it's extremely tough in today's day and age to follow this kind of rituals today we do not have kasya we do not have the pancha you know uh, the five uh, five kinds of metals we do not have the, even the bells are made of very strange metal earlier the bells used to be made of the bell material now no longer the bell material is yeah panchalohas it's extremely tough even the copper which you get i'm telling you the copper vessels which you get they are also contaminated they are not pure at all there is nothing pure pure in this world left over there even the small that uh, thing which you use for putting the uh, you know tirtha that also is gone so of course what can you do so at least use steel vessel chalo theek hai kuch nahi to steel use kar sakte ho स्टील तो भी उतना कॉन्टेमिनेटेड नहीं रहेगा श्री नरसिंह सरस्वती टीच इज अबाउट द टाइप्स ऑफ फूड टू बी टेकन एंड दोज विच आर प्रोहिबिटेड फॉर अ ब्राह्मण फूड विदाउट अ डेली ऑब्लेशन फूड मेड विथ टू मच सॉल्ट गार्लिक एक्सेट्रा आर प्रोहिबिटेड नाउ यू नो वाई यू आर नॉट सपोज टू हैव द गार्लिक पेस्ट एंड सफ लाइक दैट वॉट सो यू बी केयरफुल वेन यू आर पुटिंग इट इन यूर फूड टू मच on particular days some type of food and certain types of vegetables and fruits to be avoided like padwal padwal is snake gourd okay on padyami day 
Baal fall on Friday, Shani fall on Tuesday. A Brahmin should never take Nishiddha food or food touched by cat, rat, crow, dog, etc. So, does it tell you something? Okay, coffee luwak is not to be had. So, please do not have coffee luwak. Okay, he should not eat food that is stale, leftover food from the previous day. We will all have to throw our refrigerators out of the window. What? It is impossible to do that in today's day and age. Our refrigerator companies will close down. So, we have to do something about it. The, these impair the sattvic traits and promote rajasic and tamasic tendencies in them. A Brahmin should nurture and guard his sattvic gunas which are necessary and essential for the functioning as a community and the society as a whole. In the evening, the Brahmin should perform the Sayam Sandhya that is chanting Gayatri Mantra with the three oblations of water and uttering Gotra, Pravara and Oposhan. Thereafter, one should take the night meal. Before retiring to bed, one should read some sacred books. And then after offering the whole day's work, a worship done to the Lord, he should go to sleep. In today's day and age, I, I can tell you something very strange. People don't have the time to read the book. Okay? What they do is they put on Mahabharat and all those kind of serials. They watch them and they go to sleep. <laughs> In today's day, either some TV is going on, so you watch the TV, most of the time you are watching the TV and half asleep. Okay, the serial is going on after some time by 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock. Oh, the light is on, the TV is on, everything is on and then you want to switch off and then go to sleep. We have come to this stage. Earlier they used to have the lights next to our bed so that we could read something. Today there is nothing like that. So it has become, the habit has lost its charm. I mean, in uh, last two, three days time, I have instructed people, I said, you know, one thing you have to know, that today, you do not have the time to read books, but you need to read. At least 15 minutes time, you should read a book. Again, the next thing which I told them is, okay, you will say that today morning also, I don't have time to read paper also, I don't have time, I have to run, 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 run. I said, sir, you are on your phone at least, you know, in one whole day, you are on your phone at least some four to five hours. Okay, in that spend 15 to 20 minutes of your time reading something worthwhile. Otherwise on Facebook and this and that you are doing. <laughs> so instead of that spend that 15-20 minutes reading something. That will do you good. Alright. That is Sayana Vidya. That is sleeping is also described. Regulations relating to cot using for sleeping by a Brahmin etc. The cot should be clean. It should not have been made of jambul wood or tusk or a dead elephant. Dead uh, days of weaving cot are also specified. They are either Sunday, Tuesday or Thursday. When weaving certain deities to be remembered, one should sleep the head towards east or north. Uh, this is something which we cannot follow today because we go for all these, you know, big, big, fat, fat beds from different, different companies. So where they are made, mostly I think Ikea and all that, okay. So we don't know where they are coming from. <laughs> The planet, the places prohibited for sleep for Brahmins are old temples, cremation grounds at the foot of a tree, near anthill, near tanks, near food grain or food grains or in a dilapidated house. A Brahmin should not go to bed with wet clothes. He should not go to sleep without a garment. He is not to sleep under the bare sky. A Brahmin should not indulge with his wife when she is in a monthly period or when she is wearing blue color sari. Now, and that's an indication. Today, I'm wearing blue color sari, you don't have to do anything. That's very strange, come on. <laughs> there are injunctions from the wife as to how to conduct herself during her periods and the things and the disciplines she should observe. All these are necessary for bodily health as well as for moral and spiritual health. Or not only for the couple but also for the well-being and the welfare of the progeny. All these have been codified by Parashar Rishi in Parashara Smriti. 
with this chapter ends the karma kand that is uh, of uh, section of sri guru charitra thus ends the 37th chapter of sri guru charitra describing varanashram achar vidhi glory to the all merciful the omnipresent and the ever responsive guru nanak now we have heard a lot of things which uh, we may not agree to idea is to be as pure as you can from your inner being today we do not have the stars to see in the night okay we are living in some flats or some such you know full covered places it becomes impossible for us to see the stars and to sleep in the open and so many other things are there which do not happen now the rishi munis were the sages of that particular yuga they have come up with some do's and don'ts some do's and don'ts keep on changing with yuga like uh, in the previous chapters we were talking of the sati we cannot have sati in today's day and age please understand this it is not allowed it is not a right thing for us to do today's day and age being the kali yuga a woman has started working she goes out she does so many things so rules regulations which were applicable even 50 years ago are not applicable today my mother would have been a housewife she might not have worked but today's day and age a woman works so her rules and regulations are different than in yesteryears so we have to adapt the only thing that needs to be done is you need to have the purity of heart and purity of mind we may not even have a photograph or a image of god then most of the people really don't have that as well does not matter you can invoke the divine inside of you and you can bring about that purity in us so in today's day and age we just have to be good to ourselves good to the universe be kind be nice be compassionate to everybody that's it beyond that we do not i i don't think we should expect too many things those times when this book got written yes there were too many do's and don'ts but today's day and age we do not have that even when we are gone to that place in uh, you know in gangapur that particular river had completely dried there was not even a drop of water anywhere and people were shitting all over the place it was it is the dirtiest place on earth today in today's day and age even the hill way which was called the ash hill didn't exist so it becomes very tough for a normal human being in today's day and age to follow the vidhis and the vidans that have been said but certain rights and things have to be done like the rights which are called the rights of the dead we have to perform them we have to give them the mukti we have to do those rights so we just have to be pure and clean in our own hearts maybe just light a small agarbatti or maybe light a small diya or put some little flowers and stuff like that and that's it okay so i have ended over here